Welcome to Reality TV PhD. I'm Christina. And I'm M. Here's the deal. M and I were both in school for far, far too long. We decided it was time for us to climb out of the ivory tower and plop onto the couch to talk about our favorite academic subject, reality TV. From dating shows that make you question the future of humankind, to competition shows with 40-plus seasons, to that one show about a farmer trying to find a wife, for better or worse, we watch it all. We're here with hot takes, dissertations about topics you never asked for, and questions you wished another student would ask so you don't have to. Class has begun. Oh, I wanted to tell you something. No, your skin looks nice. Thank you. This is, I woke up like this. You look like very like easy breezy, beautiful cover girl, San Diego. Okay. What I really think it is, is that I have finally found a shampoo situation that works for me. What is it? It is just this bar. It's a shampoo bar. I love shampoo bars. I've done shampoo and conditioner bars. This is just one single bar made by this gay man in Denver. And I bought it at a craft show and it smells like the greatest smell known to mankind. It suds beautifully. And then my hair is like this. And I just think Ow. it brings everything together. I will buy you one if you want. I'm about to order like 50 because now I have deep fear that what if he stops making these? Yeah, and what if? it's taken me almost 34 years to find something that doesn't make me look sweaty. I don't think a shampoo bars for me. I don't know. There's something special here. I have just a lot of, I have a lot going on. You do, you do. That wow. I mean, look at this. Yeah, it's voluminous and no one ever gets to see the under the underworld of my hair, but a bar isn't gonna cut it. Yeah, okay. You need like extra support. <laughs> Correct. Fine, you won't get a bar. I'm gonna like bar in the notes though. Like the bar in the this notes. This shit is amazing. I'm truly like what if this, this was our first man. What if this was our first ad? Oh, I, they don't need to pay me because people need to know. People need to know. Well, I need to tell you something. Okay. This week, I have such little on anything except for the traders. Like, nothing. I was looking back on my notes and I was like, wow, I didn't have anything on report card. But did you watch shows? I watched The Challenge. <sighs> okay. I watched The Bachelor. Okay. Did you watch Vanderpump? No, I don't know if I'm going to. And what we still is be wrong with you? Oh, I, can you start to address these issues in therapy, please? Uh, I'm seeing a new therapist starting next week. I don't I haven't brought up my aversion to finishing reality TV shows, but maybe we'll I can't get into believe that seems like a priority. How important is it to you that I watch Vanderpump Rules? It's I guess not. I guess I just get the sense like at a certain point in the trajectory of Vanderpump rules, I just got the sense that like everyone is a little icky. Well, that's definitely true. Yeah. But in a way that I don't like it's icky, icky, icky. No me gusta. Ick. Fine. I'll but, continue but to report. Please, please do. Are you watching farmers as well? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm just not compelled by not compelled by that it's not like there's something on my list that i haven't been able to watch it's mm. like my list is the things i really want to watch are i also want to watch rupaul's drag race but that comes out friday nights mm. so that's tough i'll watch it this weekend I, I mean 
I sort of agree. Like my notes feel a little light, but I do have some thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about traders. Okay. I have like 25 comments about traders. Look, I do have some, a lot of my comments are about The Bachelor. And since you watched it, we right. can engage in a dialogue. Get into about it. it. Okay. Shall we do a report card then? I only have one A. Great. I have A, B, D, F, and a pop quiz. Multiple L- pop quizzes. LOL. I have a show and tell. They, my pop quizzes have question marks at the end. Are you proud? Well, well, remains to be seen if they are actually questions. Okay, fine. We can type anything we want and it need not be honest. Isn't that the truth? My A is from couple to thruple. Oh, no. Are you serious? I've watched. Do you hate it? No, I just, I haven't watched it. And and now I'm like delighted. Sorry, you just saw me light up. I'm like, like, can we stop right now? I was like, is that the wrong take? No, Um, I'm like, I'm done. And I want to watch immediately. I've only, not because I am not going to finish. I just didn't have time. But I was like, I'm just going to dip my toes into this yesterday before I had to go out and about. So I watched like the first, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes of the first episode. So you meet all the couples that show up and then you meet all of the, I don't know what their names are, but the people who are like being considered to join the couples. So you get a pretty good sense of like what it, what the vibe is, what the tone of the show is. And I got to tell you, it is, I like it. I don't know anything about polyamory myself and I think it's pretty cool that this show exists. And I think for the most part, like, here's the interesting thing about it is that, how do I say this in a way that makes me make the point that I want to make and not make a diss to the show? (laughs) When I think about the contestants on the show, I think about like their they're on a similar wavelength as the people who are on Temptation Island. Okay, that's so funny you say that because when you were talking about the show, I immediately was like, is this Temptation Island, but queer and poly? Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of gives me those vibes, which, but, but, so like the people kind, the type of, person on the show type of contestant cast kind of for some reason I see parallels with temptation island cast however the people on from throuple the couple are generally like a step up in in like you know I don't know the right word but like they're just maybe a little bit more evolved okay I was wondering if evolved is the word Yeah. yeah like a little bit more evolved but not significantly more evolved I don't know I don't know I'm really I should have come with more articulate thoughts on this but I don't know what my prior was I think maybe my prior was like it was going to be closer to like the queer season of are you the one Mm. which was just like absolute like everyone was really young they were all Mm -hmm. like early 20s and like kind of just like let's go this is like real serious couples who have been together. Some of them have been together for like nine years. So yes. and they're all like, you know, in their late 20s, early 30s. And so I think that like, I was surprised. I was like, oh, maybe I'll actually learn something about how this type of relationship dynamics would work or not work. Now I have to say based on the previews, it might look, it might actually, 
I might have to take back everything I'm saying because I'm watching <laughs> the first 30 minutes. And and from the previews, I'm like, it seems like things get pretty like, ooh. Messy. Messy. Capital M, messy. But so far, I don't know. I'm kind of delighted by the contestants in a weird way. Oh. So I was, I'm persuaded by you and the Autostraddle article written by Gabe Dunn about this show. Hilarious. It it does seem to be a show worth watching, to yeah. say the least. Like, it, it's definitely not complete trash. No, and that's what's confusing about it, I think, and and, and, and intriguing. I'm like, yeah. well, this is kind of, this is kind of maybe an honest exploration of this space, but also with like, but but inherent to this whole world of polyamory, like mess is probably going to happen. So it's like, you're not, they're not even like being set up for failure in any way. It's just like the nature of, because all the couples have no experience in polyamory. I think that that's true. Right. And that's, I think the piece that is like, this is why it is being put on television. Yeah. Like they're not trying to go for people that are just looking for their third and they've done this before, but it's like, no, we are all doing this for the first time. And this is going to be filmed because that's where the mess is going to be. And is that like the fumbling couple, through? Yes. And the couples are also interesting as to like why they're, why they're like there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it doesn't have the pretense of the annoying pretense of temptation island. Like Ugh. we really have to test our relationship. It, none of it. No one is there to test their relationship. Some of them Good. are there because they're like, honestly, like, why not give it a try? And others are there where they're like, I really want like um, a best friend who's not a, not a, a dude not my current male partner, you know? And so like, and the the male partner is supportive of that. So like everyone has very seemingly real interests in this and uh, which makes it me feel like there's going to be real mess because it's real emotions, real emotions, real people, real world. I know that's not the phrase. Anyway, I really feel like that was a really long. (laughs) It was. I will watch it and then we can talk about it. I can't wait to hear what you think because I feel like, you know, you're going to have much more um, just better, better. I just I mean, there's a part of me that is like wanting to put out the bat signal for my poly bisexual friends to watch this and see if any of them will come in and talk to us about this. I would love, (laughs) honestly, I would love if I'm allowed to ask like a million questions as the show goes on. I will. I'll. Put out a bad signal. I'll put out the signal. Okay. I want to give... God, I can't believe I put this for an A. But I think I want to give an A to a moment in The Bachelor. Don't tell me what it is. Actually, tell me... Will I be able to guess it? Can I give you a small setup? I was going to say, give me some kind of... Because the show is long. Give me... You know, I'm constantly critiquing people's persuasive abilities. I think this is a problem for my profession. Yeah. One person I believe was quite successful. At being persuasive? Yes. I believe she put forth an argument that I was like, okay. Was it when Maria said, if you like Sydney, you can't like me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked that too. Because, and and I believe... Many women have have tried to articulate this and not been successful because it's been more of a like, how can he like her if he likes me? But 
she pointedly says this to Joey because he is trying to figure out who is correct in this she said, she said issue, which is the classic Bachelor setup. We know they're about to do a two-on-one date at some point moving forward. They've set up the rivalry between these women. And Joey is like, oh, my God, I actually don't know how to figure out what's true. I should have asked more questions. Yeah, I feel for him. Like, he didn't know where this was going. He is just a fly in the producer's web. And she says, "Okay, look, beyond that, like, let's not even make this a fact-finding mission. If you like her, you can't like me. And I was like, that is exactly how he should approach this. He's never going to be able to get to the truth unless they agree to roll the footage. So instead, he should just ask himself that and eliminate based on that. And of course, he doesn't. But I I was I, you know, I have some thoughts about Maria, but she has the solution to that drama. I love I, I really like Maria. What a, what a breath of fresh air. Someone that's just herself, strong personality, polarizing, but never intentionally malicious whatsoever. The sad thing is like, I think Maria's like, Joey, if you like her you can't like me i think joy's probably secretly deep down not even secretly like i don't like her i know yeah he's like he's like i, I, I think he would have eliminated like... her yeah but the producers, the producers yeah yeah but he's like but he can't say that mm-hmm. it like, was very clear where he fell yeah. on that yeah because he and sydney have no chemistry no like even if sydney was the one who was telling the truth and maria wasn't it's kind of like well yeah doesn't matter sydney, yeah it doesn't matter it was good. I enjoyed that. I love the episode. I'm I'm enjoying The Bachelor after I said I wasn't going to watch it. Eat my own words. Look at you. Evolution. Do you have you have any other grades? Uh no. My thruple seminar was the entirety of my report card <laughs> based on All 20 right. minutes of a show. I'm going to give a B to Farmers Want Wives. Dun da da. In watching episode two, where I think this season has the potential for more success than last season is that they've just done a way better job casting the farmers. They are like not afraid to give interviews. They are, look, there's like, yeah, some awkwardness. Like, you know, when hot old guy makes out with the first woman, he puts a hat up so we can't watch them kiss. But these people are able to have actual conversations with the women which was truly absent from yeah, the last season. I remember that. And I have a quote from Taryn that speaks to this, which says, last year, it seemed like they just got aliens from outer space and put them in farmer outfits. And this year, I feel like we need a closure to that quote. Go back to Taryn and ask for the, I will. What the, What's the... What the description of this year is. So just like there are some moments where, you know, one farmer's dad came and all the girls were sort of laughing with him. And I, I just was watching the interaction and thinking this is an organic yeah. interaction and it's working. So whatever sort of focus groups they did between season one and two were effective. There was also there's this one farmer who operates a potato farm. And we just love that because, you know, some of them are, you know, have cattle and meat, et cetera. And we're like all about this potato farmer. Like if we uh, want to be on a farm, it's that farm. That's the one. Totally agree. He has the women. He has the women do potato sorting where it's like all these potatoes are coming through and they have to pick out the bad ones. And I'm just thinking, like, do I want to be a farmer wife? Maybe Taryn. <laughs> Taryn, put the planes away. Taryn, exchange the planes for the planes. Oh, good God. What do you think? 
Yeah, that was pretty good. Thank you. I was going to say planes for the plows. There's also this one thing and, I, you know, is I don't think this is like mean to repeat. This is a fact, but it was just sort of like a shocking fact that I've just truly never heard this phrase uttered. And I, I felt that it was my duty to report it to you. One farmer and clearly you can tell I'm not in the stage where I can identify any of them by name. Had a near death experience and he said he was crushed between a mobile home and a double wide if that doesn't say america i don't know what does all right i have a d going back to the bachelor oh oh give me can i i love guessing yeah guess 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 what my d is you got it it's so obvious is it the kfc oh that was honestly i loved that i loved it too what was the d i need i need i need a little bit of deep cringe um, well, there are many talent show performances it's, that yeah, made me feel that way. The talent the, show. Is it the whole it's the thing? Whole collective talent show. Yeah, I agree. What were my least favorite performances? The singing. Oh, 100%. The cheerleading. Yes. And then I honestly didn't watch it closely for any of the other ones. So I don't know what happened. That was it. Those are the two okay. that I wrote well, down. There we go. They actually made me want to perish. <laughs> I love a talent show though. I love it. Why do they make me watch this? I I love watching it. I would love it if they did what RuPaul Drag Race does and have them practice their talent and have the women watch the practice and comment on it. It would be brutal. That's what I want to see. F? F. Well, you didn't watch this, but you did see my text about it. Oh, I'm ready for this. Brock on Vanderpump Rules. Sorry, Jen. Already eating your words. I just... I think the reason I'm more skeptical is because of my quick re- quick watching of all the shows because I've, you know, it was two weeks ago that I saw that we were talking about his former domestic violence charge. So I am more inherently skeptical. But there's a scene in the newest episode where he is sitting down with Sheena, their baby, Sheena's mom, and a potential babysitter because they just have not really left Summer Moon alone because Sheena has had a lot of postpartum mental health struggles and that's really hard and she only trusts her mom. But now her mom has a shoulder injury and can't lift the baby. So they need someone to help for when they try to leave. And Brock is very, very bad with everything. And it's it's just painful when you think about like, this is a person's, like this is someone's life partner's reaction to having mental health that is actually now diagnosed being treated and being medicated like she's doing all the things but I feel that there's such this extra layer when it's postpartum and it's the husband because I'm like you realize that like you actually helped to create the situation that allowed all of these things to bubble up like you were half of the equation that got her pregnant yeah so, like, I don't want to fucking hear that you want old Sheena back because, like... Did he say that? Yeah, he's he's just, like, I want it to just... Like, he. it was just bad. It was so bad. It was happening in front of all these people. I mean, if that conversation happened, and first of all, if I was that babysitter, I would have been like, so I'm out. <laughs> oh, my God. I felt God. deep empathy for her. And because, that's why we feel empathy for Sheena. I mean, all I'm seeing is this woman who is who is literally taking the right steps, you know? Like yeah. she is doing all right things. She is in talk therapy. She is on meds. She has a diagnosis. She is trying to take small steps to leave her baby alone with someone else. 
and Brock is like mad they can't I mean what do, what do you even want to do Brock like where do you want to go out like what what is the thing that you're missing I have no sympathy this reminds me of something that's happening in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills do you have you heard about Dorit and PK uh those names are definitely floating in my brain but I don't have okay. any other knowledge Last season, Dorit was at home with her two young children and PK was in London for work and burglars came into her, her house. Oh my God. In the middle of the night, held a gun to her head and were like, where are your valuable stuff? Blah, blah, blah. And like her kids were in the room next door and she was like, please don't hurt my babies, all this stuff. And then they like left with like a bunch of her valuable stuff. And she is suffering from PTSD from that. Can you, I mean. What the fuck? Yeah. That is like traumatic. And, yeah. And PK wasn't there because he was at work. And like this season, it's kind of like the fallout from that and how PK and Dorit are navigating her PTSD. And there's a similar, there's a scene somewhat recently where of like her talking to her therapist, her therapist comes over and they decide to have like a, a session with PK and Dorit and the therapist. And PK is saying similar, similar things to sounds like what Brock is saying, which is like, he was like, you know, I believe that she has PTSD, but like some of the things she does, I'm like, that's not PTSD. And it's like, why, why does that, why does that like matter? Like the big, one of the big issues was he threw her an, either a birthday or anniversary thing where he, okay, I don't, people were saying this was like a weird thing to do on someone's birthday. Have you seen pretty, pretty woman? Yeah. He like recreated part of pretty woman for her, but I guess maybe the woman in that is like a sex an escort. Worker. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Anyway, but he like recreated that for her and like took her to the Beverly Hills hotel and got her like the diamond necklace from it to like rented it for her for the night. But when the, when it like kicked off that, event this like thing she it was a surprise she didn't know mm -hmm. and it really activated her trauma because yeah. she was like what's going on where am I being taken are my kids okay all this stuff and then yeah. that was like a big tension point because he was like maybe I just won't do nice things for you anymore oh my god but it's like you know what? I sometimes I think that there's like a kind of logic that's imposed that it's just like the experience of anxiety or mental health challenges is just something that is really hard for logic to, you know, take apart and yes. fully understand. So you have to just be willing to like abandon it. As someone's part, you have to be willing to abandon logic and, and what you think of as its quote unquote reason, because like that is not the kind of map that's going to mm -hmm. get you to the destination you're looking for. And I think in PK's case, I see this where I'm just like, you can't apply the lens that you're used to applying to like understand and fix things to this. You have to come up with a new new set of tools completely, which is a lot of work, but you know, not as much work as it is for the person going through the mental health challenges to like cope. So wow, preach. Not them. surprised. Not surprised. All of that, exactly, right on. And there's this other part that I I feel just Okay, I'm not an expert in marriage or mental health, but I would say the thing that I've learned in being in a long-term relationship is that there are seasons. And right now you are in the season where your wife has PTSD and you probably shouldn't throw su surprise parties for her. Yeah. It's not forever. And take her away from her kids. Like just like 
that's Don't not do that. that. You know? Yeah. yeah. Brock, you just had a kiddo. Your wife had a miscarriage prior to that. She has a lot of things going on. This isn't like time to have the most robust social nightlife. Yeah. Part. I just, yeah. I, I'm, I don't know why people like can't let go of these things. Like, yeah. isn't that, it would just be easier. I think maybe it's everyone. like deep down, like really deep fear that like the person that you're with is not the person that you thought that they were because mm. when you're, someone's going through like mental health challenges, sometimes they can appear quote unquote, not like themselves or, you know, but, and, mm -hmm. and there's no guarantee that it's not permanent, which is, I guess. So maybe the fear is real, um, legitimate, but I don't think most people realize that that's why they're reacting that way. No. They're just like, well, <laughs> they're like, I really want to party. And it's like, if they really thought about it, it's not just going out that one night. It's mm -hmm. their concern that like they'll never be able to have the life that they used to have. Right. And we can look no further than Sheena pre-divorce for that, where she was yep. not great with her ex-husband's struggles with substance abuse. So oh, yeah, all of this is a testament to just getting better on all of these issues to support the people in your life. And a testament to why the traders is so delightful. Because, because we don't have any of that. We don't have any of that. It's so we true. Do, we don't have to watch people be <laughs> terrible in that way. Uh, oh my goodness. Well, let me quickly do my show and tell because it's not long. And then okay. we'll do your pop quiz. Perfect. It's just that one of our listeners was at the concert that Joey and Daisy went to. Shut on the date in The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. The fuck up. God. She was there and she was, and she said that like, they were told that it's like a first date for someone. And she, and she was like, I knew right then and there, this is a bachelor date. I want to be at one of those. I, I feel like you and I should really try to go to one sometime yeah. soon. Of all the like reality TV things, I would love to go to like after the final rose, honestly, I'd rather go to a women or men tell all a hundred percent, but I would love to like be an observer during one of these very public dates. Yes. Like the tennis date. <laughs> yes. Or golden bachelor pickleball. Yes. Competition. Fucking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So let's try to do that. Okay. Let's listeners. If you have ideas about how we can sort of plan to do that, because I, I feel that we should try to do it for the golden bachelorette i think that's there's really a, there's the right i know that there's us. like cast not casting calls but things that are like people needed for blah 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 but it's i think we have to find the right accounts to follow i think mm -hmm. or okay. just get really lucky or unlucky depending on anything about it where how, yeah. how one of our listeners was at that show well unfortunately i do think we can't rely on luck since i will need to travel that's probably true. for this and that's get true. on the plane that's true okay pop okay quiz. Well, I did want to ask you your thoughts on Sandoval in episode two of Vanderpump, which I cannot, but I'm I'm still asking for your thoughts in the future because I do, now that I'm reading this question, I am going to ask that you at least watch one more episode so you can tell me if, if you find him sympathetic because I do think he, his like manipulation, you know, PR, controlling the narrative is on overdrive because he was fairly unoffensive. Mm -hmm. And I think he's doing a good job of what of just... of just like not looking like a total dick. Yeah. Okay, I'll watch it. Um, in general, I'm kind of like the best punishment for these people is for them to not be on our screens. 
that's fine. You can boycott. Yeah. I mean, people do not. Yeah. It's just wild that someone does. I just come back to the point. It's like when you're on national television, why do you, why would you do something like that? Because I think about, you know, Reddit, am I the asshole subreddit? And, you know, people do horrible things all the time and write about them in some potentially identifiable ways on the internet for all to read. But those people aren't also on national television. But I honestly think some of them who do the the things where it's like, yep, you're the asshole. There is some kind of correlation between whatever it is that makes them do those things and genuinely not be sure whether or not they're the asshole Mm -hmm. and being interested in being on national television. Anyway, this is just me putting together like the psychological trait of whatever that is. Yeah. And show that Venn diagram. And like, I want those people to be, I want them to like come into a season first. I want them to come into a show for a season and then leave. You know, I kind of want them to be like a wrecking ball. I don't want that to be the central character of a show. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Because I don't think that that person can like really, I mean, everyone can change. I don't know if I can like really get a satisfactory hero's journey. Yeah. You want. You want a one season Monica. I want a one season. I want a one season Monica. And then I want, and I'm fine to have a different one every season too. If you can find them. And that's why we didn't like last season of love is blind because we didn't like any of those people. Yeah. We couldn't have a hero's journey. You need. Okay. Listen, people in reality TV must know that we need a hero's journey. Right? Everyone knows about a hero's journey. What's that famous book, Joseph Campbell's book about like the hero's journey and just like the prevalence of for all of history and all the stories we've known from like as early as there ever was in humankind. Mm-hmm. There's like a hero's journey arc that is like what we are compelled by. And like that's, you know, kind of almost synonymous with what a story is. I'm really talking about out of my ass right now. I'm not really sure if what I'm saying is true. However, I feel like that's just such an obvious trope that how yes. would you make a reality TV show without one person being like that? Exactly. Maybe that's why I feel not super compelled by VPR right now. Cause I'm like, who's on my hero's journey? Like not really like, Yeah, that actually makes sense because like I am still like I want I have invested time and I have hope for Lala and Katie. So I want to keep watching. I see. I see. That's who you're like. I'm I like post-divorce Katie a lot. And I I don't know that I have like a lot of uh, feelings about Lala. We watched the documentary about her ex-husband and wow. Yeah, I just, you know, she doesn't always have the right take, but I, I sort of appreciate her as as a person. Yeah, and I want good mm. things for her. That makes a lot of sense, actually. This is very actually this is a very helpful lens to figure out, like, why someone is watching a show that you no longer watch. Like, who mm-hmm. is your whose yeah. journey are you like invested in? Exactly. And I think that's why probably a lot of or recently there's been like a lot of cast shakeups in re- in real housewives franchises. Mm. And I wonder if it's because like all the kind of heroes journeys of the different people have run their course. Yeah. It's tough to be a hero. It is. And you know what? I'm sure people are like, I, I think I'm done. Like, 
Yeah. I'm not Let's sure. Stop sending like... me tests. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to yeah. exist, but you know, that doesn't make compelling TV. So you're yeah, out. no more Odyssey <laughs> for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Is that it for your show and tell? I, mean, I did. No, I, I have one more question, even okay. though I, I feel I know the answer, which is, did you watch the new below deck? with our new no. Captain Lee replacement. You didn't? I didn't? I didn't even know that there was a new one. Yeah, so Premiere came out. We have a new Captain Lee for just this, this regular below deck. No semicolon, no adventure, no med. And I have to say, I loved the Premiere. Any returning yes. players? Frazier is cheap Oh. And who? Oh, Frazier is Chief Stew. I'd watch just for that. There's one guy who's on the deck who is from a previous season, but like really didn't lodge any. Yeah, you know, a decade. I don't think I have any like extensive thoughts about the captain other than his first meeting with the crew felt super fair, felt like good leadership. But for whatever reason, the whole like first episode, it just felt like classic below deck. Yeah, and I have felt we've had some bummers of seasons, so I'm hopeful. How's the chef? A French guy. Okay, I I think he's gonna stir up some like crew drama because he's okay. I. So actually, could you look him up? Because I believe he's objectively good looking, but there's something about him that is like such a. There's almost like an ick for me, so I can't even say that I I for sure think he's hot because. I'm not. Yeah. I think when he speaks, he becomes less hot to me. Um. Oh my God, Anthony Arcane, high class chef. No, this man is not, not handsome. okay. Because he he like carries himself and has a haircut where, like, you think he would be. And yeah. He, but it didn't work for me. I'm and... looking at his Instagram. Oh, okay. Absolutely not. But this okay, is good. certainly not my type. Yeah. Either. I think that's the thing is it's so far from our types. It's so um there's a word there's a word for like manicured. Yeah, very manicured. Yeah. So I think yeah. he and the decky will start some some personal relationships, maybe. Some of the guests look oh, there so there's this hot tub on the boat. But you can see see the bottom from the inside. Oh, that the, is cool. And I'm de- I'm pretty sure based on the previews that some primaries have sex in there, and it's like very obvious. Oh my god! Okay, Maybe it's that's awesome. embarrassing for any. Oh, I think charter. But then Oof. when you have that hot tub set up, it makes yeah. you want to die. Oh god. Okay, shall we traitor? Let's talk. What episodes are we talking about, Em? Um, I don't know. How did you ask me that? Four well, and five? Okay. Five and six? Because I, mean, I do feel like we should tell our listeners. You're right. <laughs> We're talking about the episode where Bergie was attempted to be murdered and there were, and then the next episode where there are mud pits. Does that help? No, we're talking about episodes six and seven. No way. Yeah. This show has really evolved in 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 how one is to win it. Yes. Can we talk about that first? 
Start. Like, let me read. San- oh shit! I dropped my phone. Let me read Sandra's <laughs> Instagram post. Oh, Sandra in the in the most recent episode when Sandra's standing around with like Parvati, Phaedra, Kate Chastain, Sheree, CT, basically the non super faithful click. Just the super faithfuls. Sandra called them the leftovers. Sandra called her alliance. Now they're alliances. I mean, that alone yeah. is a fascinating yeah. evolution. Truly. Um, the leftovers. So the people that aren't in the like Peter Weber's hyper faithful group. And she's like at the pool table putting these uh uh what are they called? Billiards balls. Yeah. Just the the balls that one plays pool with. Yeah, pool organizing balls. them on the table and trying to outline what the strategy should be for them. And she's basically making an argument for the leftover group, which is like slightly more, I think, than half of the remaining cast members to like stay strong together and band against the super faithful group. Now, at first glance, you're like, well, Sandra, you're faithful. That doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? Like, why would you be gunning for the super faithfuls? That is seemingly like a losing strategy when this whole game up until this iteration of it, this iteration of like gameplay, because now we got real players Mm -hmm. has just been about finding the traders and getting them out. But Sandra said on her Instagram, I want to make something clear during that strategy session. I also made it clear that hopefully the traders were in our group so that they could murder each and every one of the so-called most faithful of the faithful, therefore <laughs> allowing the faithful in the leftovers to get to the end of the game. Self-preservation and end game strategy. What a lot of people don't seem to understand is faithful also have to go just like the traders. We can't, we all can't get to the end. No one there is oblivious to the fact that poverty and Phaedra have already been called out several times. That's actually manageable. If new traders enter the mix, then we have to start back from zero. So, I mean, this is fascinating, and I don't know how, like, the narrative and how production would tell this this story, because it's so much about, like, who do people think the faithful and the traitors are, and are who's going to win, the faithful or the traitor? But Sandra is now taking this, like, what I think is the accurate strategy at this point, which is, like, align myself with the, tra- okay, step one, be very confident in who the traitors are, but don't don't kill them keep them alive until Mm -hmm. the end and align with them and get the numbers on that side so that those traders know that like poverty is like oh shit like i'm gonna get voted out at the next one but then you're like hey poverty in exchange for for like me not voting you out and all of us aligning with you to give you the numbers to banish people in the other group, which are all faithfuls don't you she's not going to be able to murder like Sandra at night because mm-hmm. then she loses a number that's protecting her. Yep. So then you just like keep killing and killing with the numbers and the alliance. You have all of the like super faithful and then you get to the end. And if by that point you are like accurate in who you really think the traitors are, at the end, if the end is still the same and you go around and you're like, okay, who else is that? Do you guys want to eliminate anyone else? If the tra- if the faithful within that final alliance that includes the traders outnumber the traders, then they can just like pick off poverty, 
and Phaedra or whoever else they think is a traitor. And then that's the winning group. Like, dude, amazing. It's so good. And I'm glad that you read that post because I think until now, and now I've I've fully watched all of the versions that are streaming on Peacock. Wow. We haven't seen anyone articulate why you would keep a traitor in the game when you know who They're the traitor, traitor is. Yeah. Yeah. Because until Sandra, God bless her, it's been this like instant reflex. You know there's a traitor, you get them out. Yeah. But but we always know that the traitors multiply. They they give the traders yeah. the opportunity to recruit and then you lose any power that you have once held and the idea of splitting into alliances regardless of the faithful versus trader role that you're playing yeah it's it's genius genius it's and i love I it love because it. it's like here peter's alliance was thinking that they were really the winners and they were really on it and it's like you are playing checkers and Sandra is playing chess. You just set Sandra up to have like the smoothest ride to the finale. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And what's nice too, uh, if this game takes on some of its previous iterations is that at some point the traders may acquire a third again and then they could have the upper hand if they're able to conceal that. So it's not like I'm completely thinking that the traitors are, are, have lost this game. Yeah. Although I maintain they're going to lose because of Sandra. Yeah. But they still have power because the game is leans towards the traitors success. So yes. you just need really solid game players to make it a fair yeah. shakeout and they've gotten them. Let's talk about why, like this is, I, I've only watched, the other us season but to me i'm like this is a season where and editing is probably underplaying how obvious this is it's very obvious to everyone who the likely traders are Mm -hmm. which is a weird place for the show to be in but as you said if they can ever always add a new trader to the mix that's kind of like fixes that potential issue but i really do think like to give peter weber some credit I really do think one of the reasons why this season the traders have been found out is because of Peter. Yes. This the scene of him in episode six where he pulls poverty into a room and is yes. like, give me something that convinces me that you're a faithful. I just don't think we've seen anyone just one-on-one go after someone and ask them the really hard questions for a trader to, I try to simulate often, like what Mm -hmm. would I do if I were a trader in this Mm -hmm. moment and in the breakfast room and in the deliberation rooms and in all these group settings, it's, it's quite easy because you're like, it's easier because it's not just you. You don't have to come up with like a really super well thought out response to a question someone's asking you. Phaedra does this all the time. She barely ever answers a question. Just She just goes, oh, I don't know. It's going to be hard. You know, something like that. And then someone else answers it. Phaedra kills it. That lawyer training. Yes. She, you know, all those, you know, I have this issue on Survivor where people yeah. are like, I'm a lawyer. I'm a threat. Phaedra is truly showing, not telling. This is what a legal training can get you when you truly apply it. Yes. So she is like great in groups and it can be much more 
under the radar. But Peter Weber has been doing this thing where he gets people to squirm yes. in a way that I've never seen anyone. He like pulls poverty and is like, tell me something that I can work with. I want to work with you. Like, tell me something that can get me there. And she has nothing to say. And I have a note where I'm like, traders have never been more obvious to me than when they're talking to Peter. Mm-hmm. Also, hilariously, just as a side note, I noticed in that same like sequence of scenes is how the people who Peter confessed having told the shield lie to. So all the traders plus CT uh, like one at a time went up to Peter and were like, Peter, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, Peter's in the bachelor world again, where people are like, Peter, can I grab you? Can I grab you for a chat? And, then, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure. And it's like, this guy's just grabbed for chats. I, oh my God. I didn't even notice that. Amazing. The Peter Parvati interaction at the breakfast after oh. Parvati and Pedro attempted to recruit him. Great editing, but the two of them was just amazing. I'm like, the people that cast this season must be giving themselves a huge pat on the da- back because their interactions are gold. And we know, I think we will both agree not to switch too far ahead, but that this new twist where they're not doing a roundtable banishment this episode is because the the interactions between the two of them are so good. Yeah. And they were like, can we put off one of them being eliminated? Yes. <laughs> for 100%. another episode. They wanted to keep them both. Yeah, I want to be clear. Su- it's either or. <laughs> I want to be surprised if like, oh no no, they're gonna have to murder one of them. Yeah, it's a it's a it's like a two on one date, right? One of them is not coming out of this. Yeah, I and mean, it's gonna be Peter, right? They're both not coming out of it. Pretty well, soon, yeah, it's I gonna think. be one and then the other. But yeah, exactly. I think Peter first. I think Peter might go. Well, no, Peter's alive tonight. I mean, it, it could yeah. be. Well, yeah, because of the alliance. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it really hinges on how, to what extent, the leftover alliance is able to appreciate like how good Sandra's strategy is, because I could see some of them being mm-hmm. like, oh, I was gonna vote like CT. Well, no, I think CT, CT will and, get it. But... CT and John, I I'm like worried about as yeah. people. Yeah, and I do feel that John is. He did light Peter's torch last, but they have shown his face a few times where I think maybe he's losing that like the gold veneer on Peter. Like he's like, okay, maybe you're not like the person I want to follow to the end. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, but like uh, really that shouldn't matter for the faithful. Like CT as part of the leftover should be like, let's just get Peter out because of Sandra's strategy. Like I don't even need to talk to Peter. And he's a gamer. So he should totally get that. He should for sure get it. Unless he's playing a different game, which he might be. I think he is. I want to make sure I'm the literal only person at the end with maybe like one other person. Because based on the conversations he was having, it was like, what can you do for me? Yeah. Like he's playing the survivor free agent yeah. game. Now, like, are we worried about this evolution of the traders though, in that it no longer becomes getting out the traders? I'm not because I'm enjoying what's happening. Okay. If it's a lesser cast, yes. Yes. Well, if it's a lesser cast, I think they're just going to go try to get out the traders. Yeah. I think... I think the U.S. version is right on to be doing like celebrities, gamers, et cetera. I yeah. think it's the right mix. And I think if they want to fuck around with the game and introduce these twists, like it is working for who is is cast right now. Yeah. When I compare it to like just the normies that are on first seasons of uh, Australia and UK, I don't think that's the right move. Yeah. I think if this show wants to continue being malleable 
every season and and changing things like there's consistency in that inconsistency. Mm-hmm. I think what has made Survivor frustrating is that you'll go for like a period, right? We have eras of Survivor. You're you'll go for 10 seasons and then they will change something. Mm-hmm. But if they're changing things every season, then we know that like this isn't an established yeah, structured game and you have to be ready for that when yeah. you're coming into play. And and that is fair to me. Yeah. It's unfairness. <laughs> unfairness can be fair. You heard it here first. There's a couple of like, you know, bigger, slightly bigger things to talk about. And then like some smaller just notes. Should we talk? It feels like it was so long ago, but should we talk about Dan's decision to? Well, first off, as context, Dan overrules the women traders and says, let's murder Bergie when they're like, I think we're being set up. And boom, they were correct. They were being set up. And so then everyone's like, well, it's got to be one of the four people that Peter told, even though Peter told like 20 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's basically like Dan's on the real chopping block. And then he comes to that round table and he's like, my big confession, this person I've been following is Phaedra. Daniel has done something like this to me before uh, in a game of mafia. Oh, not when I'm a traitor, but when I'm a, a faithful and I'm like, like the fact that he is lying about something makes me a thousand percent convinced that he is. Yeah. A mafia. Like I'm like the fact that I know, I know that you're lying, but I'm the only one that has the exact proof that you are lying mm. and he's targeting me and try. And are um, you right? Yeah, like I'm right. And uh, but I'm the only one with that information. And he's convincing everyone that like what I'm doing is like a lie. That shit. I've like, I, it makes me so like, I remember when he's done that and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I am so impressed by Phaedra's response to that accusation. She. It was so impressive. Her takedown of him, like people should watch that. People should study that. Yes. Like it was so almost as if she'd prepared. And that conversation happened after. They're like, did you know he was going to say that? She's like, no. And that is what is impressive is she was just able to calmly respond to every single one of his points and eviscerate him. I'm so, I literally wrote Phaedra eviscerates all caps. I am so glad Dan is gone. Yep. Dan came out of retirement for this show. The show got the best of him. Honestly, the women got the best of him, if we're being honest. Like, he just underestimated both Parvati and Phaedra, but namely Phaedra and R.I.P. What do you think about Peter's decision to stay with the faithful? I, okay, this brings up in a bigger discussion I want to have, which is the quote, winning the right way conversation. Honest to God. And and this has been true in in nearly all, I would say it's every iteration of the traders. Attaching morality to randomly chosen roles. Well, maybe like, not randomly chosen, but yeah. Yeah, but but you had no choice in that, Peter. Sandra had no choice. Parvati had no choice. Well, this is the thing, but Peter does have a choice. Well, he does, but that's, no one else did. No, but that is the crux. 
I guess that's true. No, I agree with you, like conceptually, like why yeah, do we even yeah, care? Yeah. But yeah. like he he does have the choice and he is. Yeah. Look, I would have fucking loved a world where he accepted it. That would be so, hilarious. Um, I thought he, he was going to accept it. I really I did. Very briefly, but he is like on that high horse. I know. He feels like like when I watch scenes of him just walking around the castle, I'm like, oh. this guy is like the quarterback of his high school football team in this moment. Like he's feeling himself. It's it's like if, if that offer had come maybe a day before, two days before, yeah. but now he's ascended. Yeah. <laughs> like there's just no chance that but little does he, he know that be. fucking Sandra is in the other room, really like God, she's I just can't get I just love that juxtaposition of like him thinking he's the head honcho and then Sandra just being quietly in a corner with the leftovers with the real real game. It's like the overt and obvious gameplay versus the yes. deeply understated, but so superior. Yes, play, exactly. which is how Sandra has always played every always. game. And that's why she's fascinating to watch. And I actually think this is one of the most like articulated moments we've had of how she thinks about stuff. Yeah. We yeah. don't often see that in Survivor. Yeah. Yeah. And God, it's, it's very so cool. good. Because even Suri, another Survivor great who won the first season of The Traders we're pretty privy to how she thinks about things and how she yeah. manipulates her social game. But, but Sandra, even in confessionals, like plays it really close to the chest. Yeah. And it's very interesting. Um, but this, we got a good insight into it and I was loving it. A couple other things um, in this challenge in season se uh, episode seven, they are just these are the most fun challenges I've ever seen. This was amazing. Watching people have to take a quiz and then to find out whether or not they were right about their answer involves them not knowing like what potentially horrible thing is going to happen to them, like them falling into a mud pit or them getting, what are those things called? Like, like I don't know what, caught in like traps? a net. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it's literally like a cartoon, like getting swept up in a net to the point where I was like, is this real? Yeah. And it was. And the, like the montage of that happening over and over and over again, like I wrote Peter in mud pit, Bergie in mud pit, CT trapped in a net, housewives trapped in nets. Like it's just like so. Kate trapped in a net saying Kate she's in a womb. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So that was so fun. And it must be noted that Phaedra and CT were holding hands. That's when cute. they were when they were doing it. Like they are the cutest non-couple couple in this house. The two pairs of winners for this challenge I feels very indicative of who, you know, what cream rises to the top in this game. We have yep. Parvati and John, which people are calling for a, them to have a buddy cop show type thing. And I support that. And Sandra and Kevin. And look, let's not give Kevin more credit than is due. Ugh. I'm saying this is survivor level challenge. Like those two excelled in that. Yeah, and, and the best thing about the Sandra one, I thought, was like how she was never going to be the one to go no. look and see if they were right. No. She'd be like, go, 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 you go, you go. Yeah. <laughs> she stood back. Was it's like, like what I do with my dog when I'm like, you go, you go, get yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'll be staying in here where it's warm. <laughs> yes, it's so good. Um, So then Sandra and Kevin get the shield and then as you mentioned the end 
of season of I keep saying season episode seven is a twist. So instead of banishing someone, I love that producers have these different things in their back pockets to just like bring out when they want to kind of get their hands in the game a little bit and kind of change or delay an inevitable outcome. I have no problems. I'd love it. It's uh, I imagine they have this beautiful flow chart. If this, yeah. then this, which is how I teach my students to prep for litigation. Like when you're in the courtroom, if the judge says this, then this, yes. and you know, that's what the producers have. Okay. If we have a situation where we need to keep someone, then yeah. Yeah. This, this is like the biggest example of how the challenge sucks. <laughs> Uh, is because this there's is the no example. there's no flow charts happening in the challenge. Like not a one person has thought through what are the implications of doing this thing in this season <laughs> because it's like literally there were four to eight episodes where like no one went home and nothing changed, and then in the most recent two episodes they eliminated eight people because they were like, oh shit, like we didn't realize that the thing that we had in the last four episodes would mean nothing happens. So now we have to just like get rid of a bunch of people in arbitrary ways before the final. Anyway, the traders is just so much better produced, but I, I will never stop watching the challenge. Um, but this thing that they do here is actually the same thing that they're doing in the challenge, which is this like chain reaction of choosing someone to save. And I really like as a general mechanism, I yes. find it to be very interesting when it's not like a majority vote for what happens, but it's a chain reaction of you get to save one person and then that person gets to save one person. And the biggest decision is always really who are you going to save first? Because that will dictate kind of which side of the house the chain mm -hmm. is gonna, going to fall on, although this time it kind of blended to the different alliances in an interesting way. Um but I like twists like this in the traders as well because it made me feel like the alliance part of the game was more important than ever. Like, who are you genuinely aligned with and who are you trying to protect? Not who are you trying to get out? I love that. And this is where CT broke that alliance and makes me think, mm, I mean, perhaps he's in it for himself. He's playing the third game. <laughs> yep. It was great. I loved it. It was definitely rock the boat. I I think these are a great device too because it really shows the larger alliances and individual alliances that can, you know, because there's there's always more than an alliance, right? You have your alliances yep. within the alliance and I love when that becomes clear. Trishelle lost her shit. Wow. Not sure why, but it, poor CT. That's where CT did not want to have that conversation. <laughs> Because I don't even know. I'm like, are they good friends? Trishel has not been on the challenge in a long time, and CT has. So I don't even really know what's going on with their relationship. But I'm like, wow, she's really hurt by this. One thing that happened, not to bring more challenge parallels, but one thing that someone did in that, where it, it's a, it's basically the same thing. Like one person, like the winner of the challenge gets to pick the first person who's safe. And then the, that person makes another mm. person, blah, blah, blah. Until there's only um, three people left. And those three people are, are go to the elimination. Um, another interesting thing that's introduced there that I really hated because I really don't like the person who came up with this idea and made this person go through this, but they basically made it so that like the chain reaction of who was selected had, the penultimate person be have to choose the final person who is safe between her boyfriend and her best friend oh. when they did not have to do that whatsoever. Like there was a way to like not make her make that decision, but they just really wanted to like 
fuck with her, honestly. And they were like, ooh, let's put Norris as like the person who has to decide between these two people. Oh my Which is God. evil. It is. But like that is also something that can happen in this kind of mechanism. The traitor's like, who does this person really, you know, you can test someone. You can make the last person be, you know, you can test everyone. You can set it up in interesting ways. Oh, beautiful. I love it. I want I want this in every season. Look, your constant challenge discussions is definitely my FBI agent must have heard because my recommended articles on my phone are so challenge focused. I'm not searching for this shit. Weird. Uh, But one this week was like, here's all these other injuries that they haven't shown. Oh, yeah. Multiple broken ribs, an implant, uh, someone's breast implant popped. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, really bad. And that I think that person who broke ribs and had an implant popped is the same person who last season was doing the slingshot. And no, yeah. And it cracked her whole face. She needs to get away from this show. I know she's the signs are there. Olivia from from Love Island, U.S., Okay, I have a couple small things. Do you have any other big, big things? No. Okay, can you get banished if you have a shield? Yes, it's okay. only from murder, but great so question. Fun. Okay. Um, would you like to watch a season of The Bachelor where before the season of The Bachelor, all the contestants play traitors? Oh, fuck yeah. Wouldn't that be what so amazing? What a great amazing? way to determine who you would want to be with. Yes, it's, oh yes it would be so fun um in the challenge in episode six they collected like um idol type things where it's like if you were one of the people to collect an idol then you are one of the people who could possibly get the shield and be saved from murder mm-hmm. but it was more like whoever put the idol on this piece of hay <laughs> it's like that's that person's idol i guess yeah. so peter found an idol and then Kate Chastain was like near the end with the idol. And she was like, should I just play it for myself? And she didn't. And she says, God, it feels honestly like a little desperate for me to play this (laughs) idol. But I love that mechanism as well. I'm like, we should have more things where someone can just like straight up play someone else's. Yes. Someone else's property. Right. But when you're. Like that's a huge risk to do socially, huge social risk to actually do that. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, we should, we should like allow that more. Like even in Survivor, I'm like, what would happen if like you could actually just like steal someone's idol? Yeah. Like, Like, I don't think that it would turn out. It's not an obvious thing that everyone would then start doing that because it's not a good look. Yeah. It's, I think in Survivor, it's like we've had Survivor like common law develop where exactly you can't steal someone's idol, which I think is actually probably written law for Survivor. Yeah. But then the common law evolution has been you can let someone hold your idol for you. And yes. I believe in that holding, you they would be it. allowed to play. Yeah. It if you wanted to, but no one has done that. And yeah. I'd like to see it. My final thought is not a not a not a positive thought, but I don't think I need Kate Chastain on this show, this season. Like I like her, but I don't know why we needed to add her. Yeah, now that she's been situated there, like I would, if they wanted to bring her back, they should have done it day one, right? But they did a great casting job. We've got entertainment. Yeah, we don't we don't need we don't need it. And now it just feels like a sort of strange 
cherry on top that doesn't really go with the rest of the cake because yeah. they've all created their relationships and this woman's coming in and is like I don't really know any of the deep threads that have developed here yeah and I'm like that's not interesting to watch no. someone not know what's going on no okay that's it that was so fun god I love this show I love it so much how many more episodes do you think we get 12 okay okay great the reunion ooh and we get a reunion ooh yes the reunion is in 32 days from now a basic great i love a reunion give me it well i'm so excited for next episode i'm so excited to get back into love is blind i really do love love is blind i'm very i'm very excited to watch it i need you to know we got an email about your love is blind in real life proposition. And someone said, I can't believe people were pushing back against her idea. It's amazing. We need to bring love is blind into the real world. So congrats Thank you, M. email writer. I can't believe anyone pushed back either. I got real hate from that. And it was a vulnerable thing to share. So oh my just God. think about that. Think about how you hurt me. Yeah. So we'll be back next weekend with obviously guest ed resident love is fine expert we'll see how quickly his takes sour and sour <laughs> after this episode oh, oh it's gonna be great times, ed, great can times. you ever redeem yourself ed after can that you jp oh i love it <laughs> what a dumpster fire i have oh, a quote you have a quote i do go ahead from farmers want wives when the girls are visiting the homes of the farmers, as you might recall, they basically get free manual labor for the course of this show. They move all the women in as sister wives and they do work on the farm. So they're seeing someone's house for the first time. And one, one woman says, it's even better than I expected. There's deer heads everywhere. Blessings. Wait, I was at a dinner the other night talking about reality TV with a bunch of people that don't watch it. And they're like, Oh, like, have you heard of Farmer Wants a Wife? And I was like, duh. And I was like, we call it Farmer Wants Wives because, and then I was like, well, I actually don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Why we call it that. Wait, and I have even another wrench to throw in. So friend of the pod, Chelsea, her mother watches, and we've been sort of using her as a translator to talk about how we feel about this season because she just got into it except Chelsea just sent me a screenshot from her mother and says this is an extremely incomprehensible text to me but her mother says so there are a couple of farmer wants a wife one is the farmer wants a wife the other is farmer wants a wife wow so this thing needs to get it Tighten it up, all right? Tighten that branding. Tighten that branding up. Oh, God. Well, maybe next week, and we'll have watched something about a farmer. Who knows? Maybe, but maybe not. I'm Christina. I'm M. Class dismissed. And that's the episode. This podcast was recorded and produced by us, M and Christina. The views, thoughts, and opinions are ours alone. Special thanks to Caroline Reedy for episode art. Check out her work at doot underscore doodles on Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating or review. Want to get in touch? Send us an email. RealityTVPHDPod at gmail.com. See you next week. Yeah.